Today, we are going back to where it all started. No, not the pilot film. We already covered that. I mean, the other beginning. Not part one. We're still working on that. The other, other beginning. Not the Fujiko series. That's too far ahead. We're talking about episode zero, First Contact. Chris, the best calling card ever. And joining me are ordering a hamburger, Natalie. Sup. New York Tankies fan, Emma. Hi. <laughs> and unreliable narrator, Drew. Greetings, Lupontic <laughs> folks. And might I say, welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, a Lupon the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live-action entries in the Lupin the Third franchise in, mostly, chronological order. And, folks, it's good to be back. It is... Guess who's back? Indeed. Back again. I can't even say good to be back because it's my first time as a co-host. So. Yeah. 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 It, oh, it's your first time, you say. <laughs> <laughs> your first contact, as it were. Oh, God. Hey, 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 hey. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one, Drew. <laughs> oh, boy. We are back after a, a, a brief hiatus after, I don't know, uh, the mammoth task of covering part six all the way from October of 2021 till the end of March this year. We mm-hmm. covered that on a weekly basis. Which, I, I, like, one thing after that, I have so much appreciation for people who, A, you know, produce regular content, let alone, like, weekly content. It gives me a whole new respect for people who do that because I, ooh, that was, that was a, it was a challenge, but it also was 100% worth it because it was such an absolute blast. We had some incredible guests. It was fun to keep up with the series. Well, not for the first half, but the second half, it was fun to keep up with the series. <laughs> so today, before we get back to covering part one, boy, it feels like it's been forever since we've been talking about part one. I'm so excited to get back to it. Um, today, we are covering a, I, I, I could say new release from Discotech, but this is a release from last month that released quite early. Which was a nice surprise, but also <laughs> kind of <laughs> like I, I had the idea to schedule this at a certain point in the Blu-ray release. Like, what was it? A whole like month and a half early or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that's nice. It's going to have to wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wondering, yes, part six is currently airing uh, weekly with a new English dub on Adult Swim. Look... We just finished covering that on a weekly basis, and I I, I don't want to get back. I, I don't want to you know continue that schedule for the exact same amount of time again. And I'm also not in a hurry to rewatch part six again, especially Agreed. the first half. So we will touch on the dub 
for part six when we do our one year retrospective this October. Like, you know, a little fun special just talking about our thoughts on that one year later, summing up the English dub. But before we do that, we are covering the new release from Discotech. It's a an, an older TV special, but has a brand new dub, which is a Woo! pleasure to listen to. So, yeah. uh, it's not that old. Is it? Oh, good lord! It's twenty years. I just realized that it's twenty years. Yep. Yeah. It's, the thing. it's like it's like it's not that old of a, of a special. Then it just hit me. It's like no, it it turns twenty this year. Never mind. Yeah. Yep. In two months. Mm-hmm. Would have never guessed that it would have a Blu-ray release, let alone a dub. No. Look, look. I don't know about y'all because Chris and I are kind of like the OGs from the OG fans from like the two thousands. But I've been waiting. For this dub with the Jenny on crew, which is now the the same dub crew now, the the, oh, the current dub crew. Anyways, I've been waiting for this dub for like 16 years. Like, I've been waiting for it. And I never <laughs> thought, and I swear to God, I never thought that it would be dubbed with the Jenny on crew. Because I always assumed the Funimation dub crew would do it. But... Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like you guys have you guys have no idea how ecstatic I was over this. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. It was a it was a pleasant surprise when that was announced. And um, yeah, it was. Let's <laughs> say we uh we hop right into it. On this episode, we will be covering Lupin the Third, Episode Zero, First Contact. It was the 14th TV special. It aired originally on July 26, 2002, was released on Blu-ray by Discotech Media on April 26, 2002. Uh, this special was directed 2022. by... 2022. What'd I say? You said 2002. Oh, boy. <laughs> We went back 20 years. Drew, learn from my mistakes, all right? (laughs) That hiatus wasn't long enough that my my brain's still mush after. (laughs) Well, uh, this special was directed by Minoru Ohata. Has an extensive career in storyboarding from Attack on Titan to Danganronpa 3. Black Butler, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, Death Note, Samurai 7, just to name a few. He also directed an episode of Evangelion and uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. His only other work in the Lupin franchise was assistant director on Legend of the Twilight Gemini. I will not hold that against him. (laughs) And the special was written by Shoji Yonemura, uh, Yonimura also has an extensive career in screenwriting. Uh, his credits include, oh boy, here we go. Berserk, Cyborg 009, Death Note, Fairy Tale, Hunter Hunter, Kamen Rider G, Kamen Rider Hibiki, Ninja Scroll the Series, numerous Pokemon entries, including uh, the original series, numerous Anpanman movies, and he has been in charge of series composition for One Piece since episode 799. For reference, One Piece is currently at episode 1017, and Yonimura frequently writes scripts for it, so busy man indeed. That's dedication Uh, right there. That's all I can say. Anything with One Piece is dedication. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) And his two other credits in the Lupin franchise are the script for Island of Assassins and the Pursuit of Harimau's Treasure. That's a 
pretty solid resume there. So, mm-hmm. and uh, today we will specifically be focusing on the new English dub for First Contact, and that dub was produced by Discotech Media and Eastern Star, with the production handled by Epcar Entertainment. The uh, script was adapted and directed by the one and only Richard Epcar. And, of course, the cast for this special are Tony Oliver, Richard Epcar, Lex Lang, Michelle Ruff, Doug Erholtz as Lupin, Jigen, Goemon, Fuchiko, and Zinigata, respectively. Uh, other credits are uh, Jameson Price as Galvez, Eric Kim... I'm so sorry, Eric. Eric Kimir as Brad... Amber Lee Connors as Arena, uh, Paul St. Peter as George McFly, and Stephen Prince as Crawford, and Shade was voiced by Todd Habercorn. I am not going to focus on this too much, as we're going to have fun here this evening, but I would be, it would be neglectful for me to not bring up the fact that Todd Habercorn has some serious allegations of sexual harassment that have been levied towards him. And those are just—I mean, I'm not going to say those are just; those are allegations. Um, we're not—we're not saying one way or the other here on the podcast. But just a heads up: they are serious allegations. We advise you to do some research into them. And if if that is a deal breaker for this special for you and this episode, that is completely understandable. So, with all that aside, how about that new dub? I've been waiting for it forever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm literally like, um, you guys, obviously Titanic is like the meme, the meme cultural lexicon. I'm literally old Rose, like, it's been 84 years in my in my need and want for a dub of my favorite Lupin special. And I can honestly say it did not disappoint. No. I, like, there's some things, and we'll get to that, mm. but overall... It's like a, out of five stars, 4.3 out of five. That so. is specific, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the point three. Thumbs up, thumbs down, like take it back to like Siskel and you're like. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down, some really petty exchanges with one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that uh, Jameson Price is uh, Galvez, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this dub is actually a little bit of a Mortal Kombat reunion, Ooh. because in uh, I won't say the most recent games, Jameson Price is the announcer, and Richard Epcar is Raiden. So that's oh, kind of nice! Oh, right, right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But overall, with this dub, like I mentioned earlier, um, so for those of us who were fans since you know the Adult Swim days, two thousand three, and then you know like the dubbing of Part Two and the, and Mamo, and of course. Um, Funimation dubbing all the specials. I, like a dumbass as a kid, assumed we would get this dub by the Funimation crew, like probably 2006, 2007. And the years flew by and we never got it. And I just, I just assumed it would never be dubbed until recently and this resurgence of Lupin, which I'm still thankful for. But like it being dubbed by the Genion crew. That just makes me, you know, it makes my 15-year-old self just so happy right now. Because, mm-hmm. again, I never thought it would happen, and it happened. Oh, my heart. <laughs> it's really nice. I just assumed that a lot of the things that were already released on DVD uh, wouldn't get 
like a Blu-ray release. I was like, well, they're already out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also it comes to mind that DVD cases are like starting to like be hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Apparently is what I heard. So like it huh. kind of also makes sense in that way. Um, but yeah, it was just like one I was like, well, it's already released. Why would they also do a dub of it too? Mm-hmm. And then when it, it was announced, I was like, well, hey, that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's my tied for my first favorite special with Tokyo Crisis between those two. And so it, like, I've always really liked it. Uh, certain scenes have always like maybe like just like like take off my glasses for a second and be like what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> which we'll get into some of the lines uh, more uh, going forward so I, I was just really, like super excited about it I'm like just grateful for all the work that uh, Discotech does mm-hmm. uh, I saw all the names on there Brady, Justin, uh, Reed and um, uh, uh, Mark Mark yeah of, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so uh, obviously, like, we really, as Lupin fans, owe a ton to them. Oh, oh yeah, yes. definitely. Uh, they do just fantastic work. And honestly, I think this dub was one of the strongest dubs to date. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think it's also because, like, they had, like, more time to work with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those are, like, my overall thoughts before we really delve into mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. I think this is probably out of all the dubs that have like started with like the new cast, you know, with with Oliver Epcar and Erholtz and Ruff and Lang. Mm-hmm. But like, like you know, ever since Doug Erholtz joined, when the new dub started, this is probably my Don't favorite. Doug Erholtz. Doug Erholtz. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Doe Airholtz again? Now, one of, one of these days, that's going to get back around to him. Yes, it is. I'm yeah, never going to live that typo down. You're, you're going to physically meet him and be like, um, I, I must apologize because I've called you Doe Airholtz for some time and not because I don't like you. It was like three years ago. and it's- <laughs> Oh, Lord. And the thing I will always just have in that my in my mind the shaking gif of it. <laughs> 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 oh, That's beautiful. But like e- even from the very first scene when uh, Jigen is with the reporter, Epcar's mm-hmm. performance in that moment. Obviously, he's playing Jigen playing Lupin, but like all the same, mm-hmm. like that really kind of like that kind of wistful, nostalgic tone he has. When you think about it, first encounters are a hell of a thing. As coincidental as running into your ex in the middle of the desert. It can be a game that changes a person's life. Just a stray cat. What's wrong? Actually, come to think of it, stray cat was the first thing I said to him when we first met. The way he delivers that specific line it's so good because even if it mm-hmm. is like Lupin in disguise, like he has, it still feels very Jigen because I yes. feel like Jigen just would be a very nostalgic person too. It, it does, yeah, definitely. It, huh. And it's it's such a huge step up from his performance in part one. Yes, I mean, I I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, his performance in, in the dub of part one, it feels phoned in a lot. But I didn't hear no, any. I, of that. I agree. 
I agree with you there, Chris. I mean, I, yeah. I got, I have the part one Blu-ray and I'm still slowly getting through the dubs of it, but it's like, it's kind of painful for me. Well, you know, everybody else is so great in it. It's just Epcar's performance in part one. It just, yeah. Especially because, you know, I thought he was probably the best in uh, part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, despite how I feel about his performance in part one, there's none of that in first contact, which I really appreciate. No. Sorry to cut you off. I just had to say that. Oh, no, no, no. That's uh, that, that's all good. And, like, I'm, I'm sure we're all in agreement here. Of like, this cast is kind of at the top of their game in this special. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh. brings their A game to it. Especially, Tony Oliver has just gotten better and better as these have gone on. Like, uh, specifically his part one dub and here... He has such a, he's he's he, he keeps that really youthful energy to Lupin's performance, and I, mm-hmm. I I just love it. It's great with Tony Oliver, um, especially for this one. I feel like um, I feel like early on Lupin Part Two, and this is just me having some background knowledge of like how he how he got the role and how he auditioned for Lupin. He didn't think after they did some Part Two that like they would come back again, and you know he he would meet like some fans who would be like, I remember you as Lupin. He signed this for me. And he's like, Oh yeah. For, you know, you forget about that for like 10 seconds, but like how he's been doing Lupin so far since the return with part four, I just feel like every installment he's um, it's like, um, it's kind of like a timeline of how comfortable he's getting with the character and how like second nature it is to him now. And it's really shown with this dub. And I, I just love it. I want to set him off the that uh, the second nature thing for sure because I've seen it in person, mm-hmm. <laughs> where his voice just switched into Lupin. I was like, "Whoa!" Like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, it's him!" Uh, uh. I'm, in the, so, I'm yeah. in the same room as Lupin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's just like really getting comfortable in that role, and he just owns it. Mm-hmm. it's just like so enjoyable to hear him all over the place with like different tones and all the different sounds oh mm-hmm. yeah like I, I it's hard to be um Carita with all the sounds that he does. i mean he comes he comes pretty damn close though yeah he does especially yeah. this one because uh the one moment that comes to mind is the uh the opening credit scene in the mm-hmm. japanese version it's like entirely silent but the bit where he like sticks his thumb to his nose, like wiggles his finger, you actually hear like Tony Oliver like make a sound yeah. and he's going down the staircase. You like hear him like freaking out. It's like, you know, the staircase is like rattling his car. That was such a nice little touch that made that mm-hmm. opening, I think, even better in the dub version. I actually had that down, like one of the parts of the opening when like he's at the stop light and he's lighting the cigarette. You can mm-hmm. actually hear him like, like exhale. Mm-hmm. It, it's Which, such a nice um, touch. Yeah, I thought like they like it just adds such a human element to it mm-hmm. um, that I feel like it's just not done a lot in a lot of dubs, and I just think that they do a lot with these characters probably because they've been with them for that long. Yeah, one thing I will say um, about script wise, or at least that choice to like add dialogue for something that you know in the Japanese didn't have dialogue; it was just like a montage. Some of the choices in the script, and, and we will get a little bit more extensively to that. But like, who did the script? Who did the script adaptation for this? Was it Epcar? Um, yeah, it's, it's Epcar. Oh my god, the choices he made, and especially because like 
one of my favorite things that really just reminded reminded me so much of part two was that beginning exchange with Lupin and Jigen when they're fighting in the um, oh. in Galvez's um, room when like they sh- they shoot one another and then they go to like reload. Um, I just I'm, I'm vividly remembering Richard Epcar's Jigen saying, "That guy's one quick draw." As a little frickin' prick. <laughs> Which isn't in the Japanese. I'm like, that is just so fucking fitting from like it's part perfect. two Jigen, and I love it. <laughs> we're we're going to get into like the scripting. I uh, like Drew saw me smile because there's again, there's a specific There's a problematic line. scene. There's a problematic scene, but there also there's a line that they made even better, which I did not think was possible. <laughs> no, agreed. <laughs> And they also had Goemon get his own name wrong twice. Am I going to go on that again? Yes. Yes, I will. Until somebody at Discotech or whoever hears me. Chris is so bad. At least they don't say Arsene Lupin the third. Then I would actually... Uh, that's I, that, true. that would be the crown sin. I mean, um, like, who's on here? Again, am I um, the only one who doesn't really care about those choices? Like, really? Probably because... You know, a generational suffix at the end of the name, that's not very Japanese. No, like, that's Japanese true. That I won't agree with. But at the same time, it's, at the end of the day, I don't care. It's just cooler if it's Lupin the Third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, again, like, you know, Goemon, he's very, very traditionally Japanese. So it bugs me whenever fans and writers add a very Western-style suffix to his name. I feel that. Why don't we you just know. say it Game of Thrones style? Goemon Ishikawa, the 13th of his name. That's how he introduces himself in Japanese. <laughs> exactly, trans- so just go the Game of Thrones style. And that gets translated as the 13th. You know, I mean, why stop there? Just call him, you know, Goemon Von Ishikawa, the 13th or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of move away from Japanese and Western story if you want to do that. <laughs> Okay, so before we start like getting into like the exact like scripting and some of the di- like well not the dialogue I'm about to talk about dialogue, but while we're still in the performances, I specifically love in in the part one dub, uh, Tony Oliver has really brought like a really youthful energy to Lupin, which is perfect since it's like the first series. He really plays up how young he is, mm-hmm. and he doesn't quite do the same. He like he does a little bit, but he plays up how kind of naive Lupin is with Fujiko, because this special has like. In, in his mind, because obviously like, we'll get to the ending and all that, but like the moment when um, uh, when Fujiko flies away with the clam of Hermes and he's yeah. like, but Fuji Kicks, how could you do me like that? Like there's actual hurt. And then like <laughs> at the end, which when Fujiko's like, you know, but I hate liars even more. He goes, yeah, but I'm not lying. <laughs> it's, like, it's so stupidly yeah. sincere. It's, it's such a perfect note. It, like again, Tony Oliver, the goat. He he, the goat. he knows he, this character backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful. And I love it. I I really absolutely love it. That's my Lupin right there. Like I I, I always have to because we're talking about Tony Oliver, but I always have to do a shout out to Doug Earholtz because he just kills it every single time. He has made the role <laughs> his own. I'm Zeni Gata with the Japanese Metro Police, and don't you forget it! He's like just so great. And like I was talking to Drew earlier, I was like, this special in particular, Goronaya just like is so close to my heart. 
Performance is like he has my favorite performance out of the cast on First Contact by far. Yeah, oh, he's agreed. just he's probably just my favorite voice actor of five, um, which is weird for me to say. But it's like <laughs> I, I just I just see like I, I could hear all the sounds and all of the phrases that he would say in Japanese, and I was like almost comparing them to the English, and I was like, man, I like it just as much. Yep. Which is hard to come because, like, I, I, I hear Goro Naya's laugh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've joked, I was like, if ringtones were still a thing, if that was still a thing, I would have Goro Naya's laugh. Or, like, his sounds when he's crawling up in this special, crawling up the <laughs> that, that That's the only moment. I would say Erholtz is just as good as Naya, except for that one yes. bit. When he crawls up the sewer tunnel, because like in, in the dub, in the dub, I'll admit it's funny because you just hear like his hands is going, yeah. <laughs> but you can't beat the. Wow! Yes, he's just like going up. That's that's the one moment. But apart from that, Erholtz is so good as the character. Right. Even nails that because there's a moment in the Japanese version when uh when Zinagana gets locked up, he's calling out for George, but he like distinctly goes Georgie, <laughs> and Erholtz does that, and then calls him Georgie for the rest of the special, and he like sends it with like an accent, like a New York, like a New York accent every time. <laughs> it's, it's it's a beautiful time. I mean, I mean, you gotta keep in mind who he's talking to as well. It's like he's supposed to, after all, you know, he's his density. I mean, Destiny. <laughs> that is the, even in the original Japanese version, that is the oddest joke in this whole yeah, special. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Detective George McFly. <laughs> and, no, and nobody once knocks on his head and says, hello, McFly. <laughs> no one tells him he should make like a tree and get out of here yeah. at any point. Hey, McFly. Which is weird because there's a joke like that in part two. It's like, there it's like, is, yeah. it's like uh, we need to make like a tree and get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't like McFly's design based on who's that character from the pilot film? Uh, Kogoro Kenshi. Yes. He kind of has that look just with the mustache. Right. Which if we're talking about uh, unusual character designs, I mentioned this to you guys earlier, but when uh, Zenigata is taking out what he thinks are drug dealers. Mm-hmm. One of the guys he arrests is from a chapter of the original manga, uh, chapter 75, which is called Mr. Personality in uh, Tokyo Post version. And it's the guy in the uh, sweater with the uh, gap in his teeth. I don't know why they picked him, of all people, to be an undercover, <laughs> undercover cop, because in the manga, he was a mob boss's son that Lupin was teaching how to become a master thief. And he was terrible at it, because it turns out the guy was actually a robot. Oh, <laughs> so no word on whether or not Zenigata accidentally arrested a robot, but judging by the uh, cast the guy was in, probably not. Before we get to uh, the script, just a few more voice actors I wanted to highlight. We were talking about George McFly. I love Paul St. Peter as George McFly because he has the exact same energy as the, uh, the original performance. He sounds so much like Eeyore. <laughs> he does. He sounds like he actively wants to just, either not be in that job or not alive. Just give it up. 
You won't get anywhere with the commissioner. I hope you're not going to be a pain in the butt. He <laughs> seems yeah. so miserable. Unalive himself. <laughs> yeah, but also, um, isn't he, he just, his voice is just so distinctly familiar that like, I know in the part one dub, I'm pretty sure he was Kiyosuke Mamo. So there no, was time. What other characters has he been? All I know is that I couldn't, I couldn't. There were times I could not distinguish him between the character he's playing in part in in First Contact and um, Kiosk and Mamo. So that was a little bit of um, that, well, that was a little bit of a I don't want to say problem, but that was just a little bit of a thing for me. But other than that, he was. I mean, other than that, he was very well done in the character. That's just oh, yeah. my only. That's just my only grip. I, no, I understand that. You're like, wait a minute. I know that voice. That voice is not that good. Wait. <laughs> That's like when Epcar plays Zinagata in the Kawike movies. <laughs> You're like, wait. That's all the Funimation dubs for me. I, I hear that. Sunny straight. I'm like, hey, that's Krillin. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Meredith McCoy, I'm like, that's Android 18. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, yeah, I totally get it. It's like, you can't. Like all you can't of unhear it. Christopher R. Sabbath, yeah, that's that's Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Kulabar. He has a sword. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you three. Commissioner Crawford, Derek Stephen Prince's performance. Did he not sound like Charlie Day? <laughs> all that I did, Commissioner, was my duty as a police officer. Your duty was to come straight here from the airport! I did my duty as a detective! Shut up! He did! He oh did! My God. Thank you, thank you, thank you! <laughs> That's what I thought. They were like, that sounds like Charlie Day. <laughs> it's a great performance. It felt very part two to me. I liked it. I love it when he's playing Lupin as Crawford. Yeah. And I, like, I guess we'll kind, of, we'll kind of transition to the scripting because there is a line of dialogue I know it's a joke. Not a lot of attention is called to it, but I died laughing when I heard it. And it was when, you know, Lupin's performing the big heist, the police are there, Zinagata's there, Dollar Hides, you know, like, you know, they're all preparing for Lupin to strike. The lights go out, they're turned back on, and then Lupin as Crawford yells, thank heavens, the safe is safe. <laughs> yes, I know that too. <laughs> I, I I laughed and specifically wrote in my notes when he calls Zenny Gana Zenny Gombo. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, reminds me of the Christmas special. You reminded me of that. <laughs> Inspector Oh, thank you, Inspector Benihana. It's Zenigata. <laughs> oh, Inspector Epilogus. <laughs> Chief, I promise to get my name right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of the uh, of the scripting, I feel like we should address the burger in the room. Uh. Hamburger? Hamburger? That's what I said. Don't make me repeat myself. Hamburger, you said. That's right. I'm telling you to whip me up a hamburger right now. Sorry, that's not on the menu. Don't you know what a hamburger is? Read my lips! I need a manager. Yeesh! Just forget it! One cheeseburger. Come in right up. Just one? No! Give me ten of them! Look, can I just say before we start that I knew for... I had a distinct feeling for a fact that it wasn't going to work. Right. Because... It only yeah. worked in Japanese. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, it's just, I feel like most of us were expecting them to do a different gag altogether. 
Yeah. You know, I was not expecting you know, them to do that at all, but yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get it. It's not the way anime dubs are done anymore, but. I appreciate their attempt at changing the gag, but like, it doesn't I don't know. It needs to be more specific to be funny. If that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. I, uh, 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 Becca suggested that like, it should be like, you know, he, he says like, you know, a hamburger, but the only, she suggested like, it's a, it's a restaurant like Starbucks or something. You have to say like the exact thing. Like I have to say grande or something. You have to like give a specific name for a burger, but like having it just be, you know, two cheeseburgers. It was, I don't know if that I, there was an attempt and a joke shouldn't happen in me respond with, Hey, they tried a joke. Did they though? I mean, they really didn't try. No. Anybody that's just going to be watching the dub is going to be like, oh, okay. But it's like, if you watch the sub, you'd be like, oh man, that's like one of the funniest parts of this movie. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Hamburger. 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 Manager. Kaya. Mae. Bagada. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this because, um, you, you know, I talk. I talk about my my best friend, whom I live with a lot, Maria, and um, she's not a she's not a big Lupin fan, but she does enjoy it because she loves anime, and she's my best friend. So whenever I get a new release, if I want to watch it, she'll watch it with me, and she did watch this with me. I I, I don't recall if I have shown her my uh, bootleg version that has subtitles, but we were watching that scene, and she was just super confused for like five seconds of like, look, 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 look. I'm going to rewind it and I'm going to put it in the original Japanese. And I know that confusion is going to turn into a laugh. So I did that. And she, and she had a big old grin. She's like, yeah, um, that worked better in Japanese. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's via a scripting, the things that like were just kind of odd to me. Other than that, it was just like, I even, my, one of my notes is like, there are some lines I do like better in the sub. That's one. Um, something like I know it's used probably in like mafia terms, but they kept saying like to like off somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna rub you out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that does not sound right. Especially when it was like in connotation with Jigen and Goima. I mean, Jigen, Jigen and Lupin. And there's a yes. lot of like gay undertones with that. Yeah, I was like, which I'm like okay with, but I'm like, that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Even Maria was like, that's a choice of words because that is strongly gay. And I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, not like, I, normally I would be like, uh, like take them out or something, like mm-hmm. ice them, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, I'm going to rub you out. <laughs> like, <Yeah. ooh. laughs> oh, you will, oh, you will rub me out. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> Wait, take me out like on a date? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no? <laughs> You're going to kill me? <laughs> oh, does this mean, if we're going to go the gay route, does this mean are we going to talk about the famous uh, hat scene? Oh, yeah, no, we're talking about scripting, so we gotta, we gotta. Uh, uh-huh. I, I mentioned it a few times already. Uh, that is my favorite line in, like, any of the specials. I just remember seeing it for the first time and just, like, turning my head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. what the fuck <laughs> and I was like there, I was like that was literally the gayest thing I've 
ever seen, ever heard in my life. So when they did the dumb and Tabby had watched it first and like she was streaming it later and she goes, I don't know how to explain this, but they made that line even gayer. And I was like, no way. No way. <laughs> kid, congrats to them. Say, um, so what is the original? Uh, it's like, I just want to see the hat come off. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. I didn't get to watch the original beforehand. I was, I was on a yeah, switching yeah, tight I schedule. So. I just want to see the hat come <laughs> off one day. And then <laughs> translated to, What should we do next, Jean? Huh? We? I never said we. One of these days, Jigen, I'm going to take that hat off of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you you mentioned you mentioned Tabby saying that because um I did I did see Tabby's uh remarks when she when she watched it. And I was yeah. like I, I was kind of like looking at my phone on Twitter like how can you make that line like not even really right. thinking it, you know, like how can you make that line even gayer? And I I I, I, I was kind of like the opening from the X Files, you know, the do 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 do, just really <laughs> thinking of the possibilities, <laughs> and then suddenly, I watch it with Maria, and we both were just like, we're like, what's his name in Community? Very much like, ha! gay. <laughs> but, These I love- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but are you gay? <laughs> I-, I was in disbelief when I saw Tabby say that. I'm like. How? And I watched it, I was like, oh! <laughs> no, just one thing. And then, like, not only that, but also when Lupin's talking about wanting to, like, rent, like rob the Federal Reserve Bank, mm-hmm. he really says something along the lines of, I could live my dream with you. Which is even more gay. I'm like, this is the most homoerotic thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I... Loved it. I was like, you know, this is like not only is like the performance is strong, just some of the translations. I was like, it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how should I put this? Like the original, especially because I've watched, I've watched the Japanese with subtitles right. so many times. Like mm-hmm. I've lost count how many times I've watched it before I watched the dub, and I did not. And even as you know, the fifteen-year-old girl me confused about her sexuality until she came out. I did not get a lot of homoerotic tones in the special until the hat line yeah. by the end of it. The dub amplified the gay, went from zero to a hundred, and I could not be more happy about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was that was wonderful. Yeah. That was a wonderful choice. Yeah, that was good. a good good choice. Thank you, Epcar. You know what else was a good choice? What? Taking out the one really racist joke in this special. Yes. Um, I yeah, um, about oh, oh, with the whole Denigata versus Harlem thing? Yeah. The Safari yes. Park line? I f- have forgotten about that. Yeah. I, 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 I forget about that. It's like a repressed memory. Well, for me, I will say this. It's not a repressed memory because, um, you know, side note here, I grew up in Oakland. But a lot of these, like, a lot of those comments just flew right through my head because Mm -hmm. I never, because I live like I live in an area, I lived in an area that, um, that you didn't hear that very often. Like I did not, I did not understand the connotation of that line. So when I watched it with subtitles and then, you know, 
it, it just went right through my head. And then people were like, oh, yeah, that one really racist line. And I'm like, wait, what one really racist line? And it took me like, you know, years later to watch that scene. And I was like, you know, with newfound understanding. Oh, like, no. oh that's what they meant. I uh, I think I've seen the special once before. And I, uh, I think that line caught my eye when I watched it. But then shortly afterwards, Ryan and Mike of Lupin of Three Jackets mm-hmm. uploaded a feature-length commentary for First Contact. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they pointed out, and I was like, okay, yeah, that, I didn't misinterpret that. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah. No. No, so you're right, Drew. Like, that is a good choice that they did not do that in this time around. So, yeah, because that yeah. scene's already a little... Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And you add that long topic, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, one choice I also liked that I appreciate in any dub is how verbose they make Goemon. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I mean, some examples. When they're having their big fight in Central Park and Goemon yells, I'll get you, Lupin, you contemptuous <laughs> snake! <laughs> Lupin, you are vile. <laughs> Makio Ma- Inoue would never. <laughs> it is. It is. Let's because because Makio Inoue was a, a stage actor, right. so like so naturally in his voice you always have that like like even like in his performances as Captain Har like he has that kind of like stage like presence, yeah. which never transfers. Well, because I'm not going to say never transfers, but Lex Lang in part two is very, like, it's a deadpan comedy, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, yeah. And, like, but, but I appreciate Lang kind of going for the Makio Inoue, like, <laughs> the very, the very, again, the very verbose going on. Like, like the, the, I love him being extraordinarily well-spoken. <laughs> just, like, scenes are very out of place because he himself is very out of place. It's just, like, and, like, I love how he just knows how to play a flute. Like, I'm like, that's a hard <laughs> instrument to just play. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm a flute player, and he kills it. So I'm like, yeah. yeah like, I mean, it's not the first time we've seen him play it, though. I know. It just he, always he gets him when well. he does. I'm like, right. what a multi-talented guy. <laughs> and not only that, he's playing his own theme song as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he's breaking <laughs> the fourth because he's playing his own. He's playing Zantatskin, not the sword, the song. <laughs> Uh, going back to what you're saying, Drew, about the verbose, now I get what you're what you meant. Yeah. I've always just like I, you know, since the part two days, I've always assumed that like Goemon is just the one who um is very more likely to use big words. Like I, I kind of joke that sometimes like Tasty from Orange is a New Black should just go to Goemon and be like, "Damn word a day," <laughs> <laughs> because it's always like, "What's with the big words going on?" <laughs> <laughs> But I love it. Speaking of banter <laughs> and Indeed. talking and stuff, um, I like, um, I actually preferred uh, Jigen and Lupin's banter in the cell in English as opposed yes. to Jack. I thought it was so well done and so funny and just like, I, like I captured both of them so well. Uh, what is he called? Skirt chaser and stuff. <laughs> like, what's that? 
I, I, right? I've, I've got something written down. It's right after that line when Lupin's like, you know, of course it's normal to be jealous of a lady's man like me, but don't blame me if the ladies flock to me like bees to honey. I can't help it. And she goes, That's absolute bull crap. It's time to sleep. <laughs> hey, look, they, they say you can get flies with honey, but you can get more honeys by being fly. I'm leaving. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm not giving him that one. <laughs> also in the cell, a guillotine. Look at that. <laughs> Relevant. Yeah, like, yeah. Just bring in a guillotine and Emma just comes out of nowhere like, what? She, we would not even be in the same state, but if I mentioned guillotine, Emma would just come through my door like, guillotine? Oh, yeah. I'm like that Vegan, uh, oh yeah, vegan, <laughs> with the binoculars, like yes, hello. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, this one I'm I'm just looking at lines I've got written down, and I just have usually I like write down the character's name and then the line of dialogue, but I didn't have time to write it. But I know who it is because the line of dialogue is Georgie. I arrested Lupin. Looky over here. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, Erholtz is killing it. As Zinagata. I it did is like, I did like in the whole burr scene, like when he said keep the change. I liked his delivery on that. This is this great. Is kind of like, keep the change. <laughs> um, you, you still owe a couple more dollars, sir. What? <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, I just liked his delivery on that specific line a lot. I don't know why. It just stuck out. But Jesus Christ, 10 burgers. I just realized. <laughs> We, we went over all the performances a minute ago. I need to, to talk about Michelle Ruff as Fujiko oh, in this. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yes. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's like the, 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 like, oh, the moment when uh, she's trying to seduce Jigen. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's like, you know, I've always thought, you know, I've always kind of liked you. And the minute, like, Jigen puts the gun up to her, keeps the towel from falling, and, like, is really dismissive, she's like, What a chicken. I wonder if you'll be able to beat Lupin. It's like, it's just fucking cutting her right there. It's mm-hmm. it's oh, so yeah. good. She does it so well because she knows, like, it's not like a disappointment or like maybe even like what she says, like, men are stupid. It's just like goes right for the guy. It, mm-hmm. oh, it's so... So what? And I'm like, oh, that's my girl right there. All right. <laughs> I, do, I do miss, I do miss the original translation, which was chicken shit, though. I would have loved to hear Michelle Ruff say chicken shit, honestly. <laughs> oh, I mean, who wouldn't? Just looks like chicken, like, chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's like my bad impersonation of Michelle Ruff, because I am, my voice is not very sultry. Um, I sound like, I, I honestly do feel like I sound like nails on chalk. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you sound rough because you don't sound like rough. Hey. I heard the joke, I just didn't stop you from saying it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Michelle Ruff in this was just incredible. Mm-hmm. When is she not incredible though? Like, right? You know, yeah, I mean- coming back to like how since part two and this evolution of like the the now format, you know, the now set cast doing um, the characters. One of the things I will say that I was very happy with when they announced they were dubbing "Woman Called Fujiko Mine." At first, I was like sad because. It, it was Funimation doing, and I was like, oh, they're probably getting Meredith McCoy as um, Fujiko Mine. And it's like, whatever, she was okay. But then when I heard, no, they're bringing Michelle Ruff in to do Fujiko, I was like, honestly, that is the primal choice because yeah. 
She sounds seductive as fuck. Thank you. <laughs> There's one instance in particular where we're not going to talk about it. I already um, knew it. what you were thinking, Chris. <laughs> I know. You called me out on it before, all right? <laughs> I was just saying, I was going to point out that Michelle Ruff has more experience with her character than the rest of the cast does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because if you take that serious consideration, right. you know, she played Fujiko and, you know, none of the rest of the cast was there, save for Epcar, mm-hmm. and he was playing Zinagata. Yeah. yeah. I did bring up on a prior message with Drew that I posted I think on my Twitter about if Philip Wilburn had to do that scene. Oh my god! Oh god. <laughs> Everybody just closes out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Part of me is morbidly curious about that. What that would be like? Uh, I don't want to. But I'm not. I'm not curious enough to actually want to know. No, me neither. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for putting that in everybody's face. <laughs> Again, all you gotta do is close your eyes, imagine, and just hear. Nah. <laughs> 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 and there you go. Way to way to continue ruining my favorite opera, guys. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. By the way, Tosca, Tosca's returning for San Jose Opera next year, and I'm just not going to get that out of my head. Thank you, Emma. You're just going to be hearing that. I'm just going to. I'm going to be watching the scene where Tosca kills Scarpia. Spoiler alert! And suddenly, just hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and just suddenly judging Emma like I want to murder you before you go to sleep. That's all you're gonna <laughs> haunted by the moaning Wilburn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so getting us back on track. Uh, yeah, Michelle Rose. So, are there any more notes anyone had about the about the scripting before we get into just impressions of the actual special itself? Because I got some thoughts about that as well that were kind of Look, new there to was me a on line because we're talking about uh, Jigen or Lupin playing as Jigen, but this one was at the end. I liked it like when he said as Jigen, "Yeah, well, I like the story." <laughs> 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 it's just funny because I know it's Lupin, so that's why like I'm like, yeah, he would definitely. Well, I like that story, right? <laughs> but it's funny to hear it out of Jigen's voice. It is great. Like, well, I like the story. <laughs> he nails that delivery too. Yeah, just like really flat and to the point. So I like that was I think a random line that I wrote that I just really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I wrote down for uh, Jigen is. Piss off, punk! I'm in a lousy mood. <laughs> it's just such a great delivery from Epcar with that. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's it's like he sounds like he is. He's just gotten so much of like that cantankerous attitude going on, and I love it. Uh, he does yeah, such a great job with it. It's so great to hear, you know, Epcar doing an actual performance as Jigen again. Right, mm-hmm. I missed it so much. Yes, same. <laughs> Okay, so actually, uh, we'll get into the actual impressions of the special itself. And jumping on that, jumping off that line you mentioned, Emma, where he's like, "Well, I like this story." I have not watched this special in quite some time, 
Mm-hmm. And like I, when I did like a ranking, like one of those little fun tour maker things, I kind of ranked it low because just in my mind, I'd like put everything's above it. But on rewatch, I don't know if it's just because I haven't watched it in a long time or because the last Lupin thing I recently watched was all of part six. Uh, I, uh, in comparison, this is a masterpiece. I you are so petty. Yes, I am. <laughs> I think I think you had first contact and like the B level. Yes, which I, and I made fun of you for. You rightfully should have because that belongs in the A and or S tier for yeah. for me oh, with yeah. this one. Yeah, because I'm I'm in the same boat you are, Drew. It's like I always liked the special. But for some reason, watching it today, I'd realize this is even better than I thought it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. this. Well, it, it's just refreshing because there are side characters. There's, you know, Brad doesn't last long. We'll get to Brad in a minute. Um, <laughs> he's, re- he's refrigerated. We'll get to that. But there's, there's, there's obviously the villains. Mm-hmm. And, you know, George McFly shows up. Like, like He's like a really small character. The central characters of this story are the Lupin gang. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is unfortunately no rare. Very. These days. So like watching it was a breath of fresh air. It's just having Lupin yeah. be central. It wasn't about uh, what's a nice way I can put it? OC of the week discovering her yeah. purpose in life by meeting the Lupin gang. Yeah. And it was the, the treasure was, you know, all the friends we made along, we made way, along all that the way. Listen, I do love bullshit. that show because it gets a little tired. No, agreed. <laughs> Because Lupin does do it a lot, but it, it's significant with this special. Like, I didn't think about this until you just mentioned it, Drew. Mainly because, like, the fact that, like, I, I, I do not recall, honestly, you having that on a low tier. Because I wanted to do that tier listing, but I just never got around to it. But for me, like, First Contact has always been, like, the superior tier Lupin story for me. And, and you just made me realize why. And it's very much because you're not focusing on the OCs of the week. The story is very much about the Lupin crew, which it should be. It's right. in the title, First Contact, mm-hmm. how they got together. The honestly, the- honestly, it should be about them because it's in the title, Lupin the Third. <laughs> it should be about him. <laughs> Always. Not wrong. Not wrong. No, jokes aside, there's times where I watch a Lupin story and I do not mind the OC of the week. For me, oh, yeah, yeah. off the top of my head, it's very much um, Operation Return to Treasure. Like, yeah. I, I, I love the OC of the week. And I and as much as the villains were not that great or, or even that memorable, I did enjoy them. But mm-hmm. it's nice to have a story that just focuses on the quintet that doesn't focus on anybody else where even like Zenigata and Goimon, which is very rare that they both get that in any, like in any storyline, they're both used fine. They're not thrown away or uh, okay, fine. He Goimon comes there and choppity choppity stuff. And that's it. That's all we're going to use him for. No, mm-hmm. like this is one of the better Lupin stories. And that's why mm-hmm. I do regard, I've been regarding it high tier since I first watched it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been tied uh, up for me with Tokyo Crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I ha- I don't have issues with Tokyo Crisis. It's just it's not one of my favorites, but I can appreciate it. It's just mm-hmm. not one of my top tier ones. I'm gonna say you're wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and that is fine. That is fine. If you- I'm going to agree with you, Emma. Tokyo <laughs> Crisis is my personal favorite. <laughs> 
Again, that is fine. I just wasn't too big on it. I, I don't know why. I'll That's have fair. to give that a rewatch. But I just didn't really like it. It's so good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it. Did I think it was terrible or bad? No. It's just look. All I'm saying here is a lot of Lupin fans love part one, but I'm one of those that like. I could. I could give or take without it honestly and, and again I, that's that's, yeah. that's understandable yeah I'm that way with i don't want to say with part two because there's a lot of good in part two right. but i have i have tried to watch through all Careful of part what two. you say drew i'm, I'm just saying there I, is sorry, a Chris, lot I'm of bad I'm with there's drew. a lot of very bad part two episodes but there's also no, a lot I agree of, with you but there's yeah, also a lot are. of god tier masterful part two episodes so it all right. evens mm-hmm. out in the end yeah it's just there's just so much more of it compared to everything else. It's yeah. like, it's right. not all going to be great. It's, nah. Again, yeah, again, there's, 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 there's different flavors of Lupin. Yeah. I, I have yet to find a fan who truly and undoubtedly sees no problems and loves everything. And, and, and this is, and this is coming with like a franchise that has shit like um, princess of the breeze and fucking uh, return of high cow. Like, if that person existed, I would have to like, I would not I, trust them. Me neither. Because not Twilight either. Gemini exists. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might actually know something like this. But all I'm saying here is there's a, there's a Lupin for everyone. Again, I like, I, I, I and I rewatched it earlier this, this afternoon. I, I still enjoy the trash that is Return of Pike Hell because I'm a trash panda. That is but also again, valid. <laughs> I respect you. Like I honestly do respect you for how much you like that special. Like that that is commi- that is commendable. Leave me alone. It, it's special. That's like saying that he likes Princess of the Breeze. I'm like, man, you got some. No, 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 no. I seen it. A brave man. Believe it or not, and I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna call her out because I love I love her very much, even though she's just like an online acquaintance. But I know someone who does genuinely love. Princess of the Breeze, and I'm not going to call her out on it because she's one of the sweetest people you'll ever talk no, to. So I flat out call out Vinny just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, it's not Vinny. <laughs> I know, but he put himself out there. There was like a hot takes post. He was like, I like Princess of the Breeze. I was like, <laughs> I really got to run away from this special one these days. Technically, she did. She did put herself out there because she mentioned it in a podcast. So, I'm, but I'm not going to name any names. You figure it out, you guys. That's all I can say. But at the end of the day, there, there's a Lupin for everybody. Like, different strokes for different folks. It's, exactly. It, that's there's not the beauty of the franchise. There's a Lupin for everybody, but First Contact is, like, top tier. It's so. top tier, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's on Mama levels of top tier, at least. You know, it's like, top I tier agree. is, like, Mama. I don't know if I um, that far, but. but what I'm saying here is, you know, <laughs> the ones that people can unanimous, unanimously say are top tier Lupin, it's like, it's like off the top of my head, it's Mamo, um, I guess Caliostra, but there's a lot of division over that, and... Um, um, I, don't think, I don't think anybody says that Mama is bad or that Caliostra is a bad movie. Nah. No, it's just that, you know, people have their own takes on it because of like the direction of Lupin. But again, different strokes for different folks. And also, of course, the recent CGI film. But other than that, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, getting back to the special itself, uh, First mm-hmm. Contact, the one thing I like about it, and once again, directly in contrast, okay, I like part six. I like part five and part six and the serious direction it takes. 
I very much appreciate just how unabashedly silly First Contact is. Mm-hmm. And it has the veneer of being serious. Like the colors are kind of muted. It's like really dark and shadowy and like no, it has like kind of noir look to it, but it is right. oh, 100% a cartoony Lupin adventure. And I love that dichotomy where it's like it takes, because hey, you, you all know me. I love my Lupin stories that like deal explicitly in the criminal underworld. Like, you know, they're thieves, they're criminals. They deal mm-hmm. with the mafia. They deal with this. Like, like that stuff's fun. And like the fact that it takes place in that kind of like dark, like grimy, like it has that look of it. But then you've got stuff like, you know, Lupin pulling a lever, mm-hmm. his entire apartment just <laughs> like jumping dudes out of it. <laughs> Cleaners <laughs> getting clean. <laughs> see, see, that's one thing I, I, I like about the special is that whenever it tries to be funny, it almost always succeeds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know if it's just because it's been a few years since I last watched it, but I found myself laughing out loud several times watching it. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten, forgotten just how funny it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like it, it's nice because like you know it, it's a Lupin story. Like it has kind of muted colors, it has like a darker look, but it isn't up its own ass, right. which is nice. Well, yeah, no, agreed. The last two series, um, <laughs> petty. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I'll let you be petty. I'll let you be petty there, Drew, because I, I do agree with you on that. Because it it it, it explores the characters you get to actually like see them like you know bounce off each other you know they, they conflict with each other you see them slowly mm-hmm. bonding and everything and it's really nice and it's just not a slog or kind of depressing to watch or oh yeah agreed but right. why are they friends why are they still doing this why how how, how long can we keep doing this lupin <laughs> are you really my friend what do you mean to me <laughs> What am I to you? Oh my god. And that's not to disparage. I appreciate that approach, but I am at, getting tired at, at of one, it. At one point mm-hmm. you appreciate it. Yeah, yes. yeah. I appreciate it the first time it happened in part five. Yeah. That was nice. I, then, I didn't mind it, but bring it back for part six. It's like I, I get we're hitting this again. Thank you for not overdoing it, but are but are we done? Are we done here? Are we just like can, can we done? Can we have can we have fun? Yeah. Going back to the the human first contact, thinking back on it now, the bit that always pops out in my mind is the entire uh, Lupin and Goemon chase, particularly when they get to the subway and, you know, Goemon ends up cutting uh, the wall, the side out of one of the cars. And you see that the cutout falls to the ground and there's still three people sitting there. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I, I, I joke I, I with Maria because we've I've joked I've joked with Maria because we've both been to New York that just like oh, it's just a typical Wednesday on the New York subway oh, yeah, I mean, nothing to see yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's New Yorkers for you. Yeah. Uh, another bit I liked was uh, Lupin trying to open up the clam of Hermes. That really quick montage of him trying oh everything under the sun, yeah, including yeah. his fucking teeth. And that's my favorite bit of that. Probably got me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had Fujiko at his size, smoking a cigarette because she's getting bored with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, Zinaga trying to break into the uh, building. It's like first that officer gets him in like a crushing bear hug. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the whole bit where he goes into the sewers. <laughs> yeah, especially that <laughs> going into the sewers like fucking Jean, no fucking Jean Valjean and Les Misérables. <laughs> 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 gets me his, his expression when he pops up through the manhole, hitting his head on the cover. 
Mm-hmm. It's like only there for like a few frames, but it's hilarious. <laughs> his his <laughs> teeth. The, hell out of the rats that are around him. The way his teeth like spread apart <laughs> is such a cartoony touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Chris, you you mentioned that the the subway chase. There is a moment like it, it, it's right before the moment you mentioned where he like cuts the thing. I love when they're both running away from the sub. Lupin trips. And Goemon looks back and like Lupin's sitting on the front of the sub laughing, but then like grins and leans forward. And like as he leans forward, the train accelerates. It's almost, <laughs> almost like he's doing it. Doesn't he get like an evil little grin to him? He does. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is, we're talking about the funny bits here. Um. Well, the other funny bits for me are def- but really like, you know, stick out for me for the special are like, um, I mean, we've mentioned most of them, but other ones are like Lupin in his apartment. Um, and he's like, you know, taking a dump or just using the bathroom and Zenigata comes in. <laughs> okay, I gotta um, take a deuce in peace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't oh, get it. <laughs> what was oh, the line in the dub? Um, Get so you can't even drop a deuce in your own apartment. <laughs> I just like the bit with uh, Galvez trying to fire Lupin's Walter, only to get a boxing glove to the face. Oh, yeah. oh I love that gag. It's which causes both Lupin and Jigen to crack up at it. Can I, I say, can I just say, going back to like dubbing, um, I don't know why Tony Oliver and Richard Upcar laughing as their characters. Did not hit me as well as it did with Kobayashi and Kurita doing it in the Japanese. Because, like, for me, re-listening to that in Japanese, I'm I'm just with them. I'm like dying of laughter, and it's like, oh my god, this is very sincere and cute. (laughs) 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 But I go to the English dub, and I'm like. Hey, boss! <laughs> boss, those dirty rats. Are you okay? I, I don't get the same. I don't get the same butterflies with that. Am I the only one? It's it's Not hard angry. to it's hard to capture Karita's like like he has. I, I'm trying to find a way to word it. He has such a mean spirited laugh, like a Lupin mean spirited. Right. Yeah. Where's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, 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 you like, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I felt that same way, uh, Natalie. I was like, they, it, it didn't have like for some reason those two laughing, uh, Karita and Kobayashi. It's just like it makes me smile, but also yeah. like my ears. Said, it's I think it's because like. <laughs> so mean spirited, <laughs> <laughs> like this. Oh, I was going to say, in, in my defense, I haven't watched the sub version in a few years. So, mm-hmm. so I like, you know, the fact that you guys are talking about the dub version still worked on me in that. Okay. In that I was, I was laughing along with them. So, oh yeah. Okay. Well, again, you're, you're, you're talking to me who has seen the sub version more times than, right. than I can recall. And then, you know, com- watching the dub, which I still love and I was excited for. And I was just like this, you know, this isn't hitting with me kind of stupid comparison but it's kind of like you know like you love lord of the rings so much and then you go into the hobbit and you're like yeah no this doesn't do it for me either <laughs> yeah no i've watched the sub a lot too and I'm, like i was actually really uh pleasantly happy with how much i love the dub and like yeah 
compare it the entire time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, there are some things that like I just could not get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Before we move past that bit, I, speaking of the mean spiritedness, I love just the detail in that scene of Lupin specifically pointing at the like the unconscious Galvez because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's pointing. He's like, look, look, look at him and laugh. Yeah, look at this this tool. I like Keegan pulling his hat down. Yeah. Again, again, this is the very monkey punch cartoony gag, and it's it's perfect. I love it. Heck, even even what I enjoy with with first contact is um, when they're captured together, and, and, you know, you hear Lupin just bitching the whole time as they're in that cell. And you see, like, this is what we pulled from Jigen. Justice Magnum, the speed loader, and a couple of cigarettes. This is what we pulled from Lupin. <laughs> and it's like Crawford's mask, the foot. It's like they really went through the, you know, Lupin is hiding <laughs> shit in the fucking fourth dimension at this point. It's like one of my favorite tropes of somebody, like, emptying mm-hmm. out their jacket pockets and, like, just mm-hmm. keep stuff out and yeah but no um oh lord um but just you know lupin bitching the whole time where's the room service where's the hot chick like this is terrible galvez (laughs) leave a review on TripAdvisor. (laughs) i've always liked his little sneeze i don't know it's always been so cute to me Mm -hmm. um one thing I really appreciate about this special after watching it, I, I, and again, this is kind of obvious, but I, I, I love the references to previous entries in this because they're not just cheap fan service. They make a lot of sense when you realize it's just Lupin like doing a mishmash of like, because like personally, this is not my preferred origin for the gang. I like it to be a bit more like spread out. Like I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. like how it's presented in part one and the one we call Fujiko Mine. But I yeah. love how this is Lupin telling a story that would be like, again, it's a story that is succinct for one movie where it's like he mashes together the fight he had with Goemon in <laughs> Japan on the freeway. He like, oh, what is he? Maybe like he mentions that there's the moment with Galvez like firing the minigun and they like avoid the bullets like they do in Mamo. And there's like all sorts of little touches. He pulls uh, his gun with his teeth. Yes. With his teeth from uh, when, when the seventh bridge falls. Yeah. yeah. That's always badass. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, was like, I always like that. And like you said, like other callbacks that aren't cheap and not just. Including you know. the arresting a robot from the manga. <laughs> and like, it would not surprise me if the other, you know, undercover detectives were, characters in the manga as well and i just didn't mm-hmm. catch it mm-hmm. i definitely caught the robot in the uh, turtleneck and uh speaking of zindigata there's that gag near the end when uh, zindigata thinks he has yeah handcuffed loop from uh from his lupon still burning he thinks he's handcuffed him, yes. but then looks and it's it's galvez instead yeah. of the uh, instead of the race car mm-hmm. and it, it, like it's fan service that makes i don't even want to call it fan service it's just like knots of the past that makes sense because it's lupon like getting yeah. details intentionally wrong, just like trying to mash together like an origin as a cover story from stuff like stuff you can remember off the top of his head, but it's like got a new twist to it. But it's also kind of endearing because he like, if it's his story, he's pulling from his own memories. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, like, think about it. You know, you put that, well, you put that context there and, and, and there's that scene like, you know, originally from part one in the manga, 
Goemon's whole intention for meeting Lupin was to kill him. And mm -hmm. you have that iconic, you know, in the episode of um, the coming of Goemon Ishikawa, um, you have that one scene where they, they're kind of like on the, on the highway on top of cars and here's the, you know, the flammable liquid. They did that in, in first contact, which was a beautiful shout out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They also did the bit where uh, Goemon slices Lupin's vehicle that he's driving into. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's driving half of it. <laughs> There's a detail in that scene mm -hmm. that I die laughing at every time. He slices the vehicle in half, and there's the moment you know where Lupin like jumps on the guy's motorcycle. But right before he jumps on the motorcycle, I feel like the Phantom would not let Lupin get away with, you know, knocking an innocent person off his motorcycle and onto the road to steal it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was perfectly in character for me, but I feel like fans nowadays would not let him not like that. Well, no. those people would be lame. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you there. But there's a bit right before he jumps on the motorcycle. There's like the shot of the guy on the motorcycle. He looks and like you see the bisected car. Lupin's <laughs> holding onto the steering wheel and like rocking back and forth with a big grin. And then hops <laughs> the motorcycle, almost like he's gearing up to jump. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's such a to keep the damn thing going. <laughs> Oh my god, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> just like lunging forward repeatedly, just right. to keep going. Trying yeah. to get every last bit of uh, potential energy out of this thing. Oh, it's it's so good. Oh my goodness. Just so many just so many callbacks to it. It's to call back to like some OG storylines. It's like yee. <laughs> Speaking of uh, you know, Lupin is an unreliable narrator. I feel like the bit where Hold on, let me see where I wrote this down. Okay, yeah. The fact that Lupin gets laid by Fujiko in this story suggests two things. One, the story is probably false. And two, Lupin's the one telling it. <laughs> well, yeah. Neither of which we have any indication of up to that point. Yeah. Heck, du heck, dub line changes. You know, in the original Japanese, after, you know, they have that cutesy moment and then Fujiko puts the, um, the, the, the bug on his... Um, on the back of a shirt in the original Japanese, he goes, I'm just going to go take a shower. They went pretty far with, um, with, with that in, in, in the, in the English. Cause she's like, Oh, I'm just going to take a shower. Okay. Well, I'm going to join you. And it's like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love the detail of like the henchman like blushing, just like, it's <laughs> like the, the one guy's just like leaning on the steering wheel. Just kind of like, <laughs> uh, it's like, how much did you guys hear? Probably the whole they thing I would assume. Yeah. Hold the whole, they probably heard the whole thing. The whole shebang. Audio the whole like shebang. Even, even maybe her pegging him. But that's another story. <laughs> Alright, so are there any last things anyone wants to bring up before we, before we wrap up the show? Oh, tonight? in terms of like story-wise or just in general? Just, just in uh, general. Story-wise, any last things you want to bring up? Oh yeah. Poor Brad. Refrigerated character. The murder... Of our beloved Brad. Yeah. Tragic. The only jokes I can make is what Maria said when we were watching it. When Maria was watching it, she was like, why does Brad not have a shirt? <laughs> one. Why not? And, and two, yeah. my favorite yeah, one is like, <laughs> when you get to the scene where you, where you see his apartment, Maria's like, damn, Brad, you live in, you, you live in a trash hole. <laughs> no wonder he doesn't have a shirt. But no, my last joke is, and I've been questioning this since I first watched First Contact, why the fuck does Shade look like Neo from The Matrix? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was 2002. I yeah. get that, but that's really a choice. His 
death is the most satisfying thing in this special. Agreed. Know, right? That Truly. shot when like you hear the gunshot, he collapses, and you just see Fujiko holding the pistol and the medallion. She just lets it like just lets it slip out of her hand. That shot is. That's that's always gotten to me. I've always liked that shot. Yeah. And I can honestly say that I preferred it in Japanese over English because Shade's VA in Japanese, the way he laughs as he dies, was just so haunting and just so perfect. Uh, Habercorn, even even without the allegations, this is very much like it does not resonate. It no, does not do well. I don't want to talk about him too much, but he is the weakest link of this special considerably. Yeah. I thought you said shitterbly. 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 The movies. Drew just, Drew just turned into Sean Connery. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I always thought you were one Roger Moore guy. But I don't have any other thoughts other than Me neither. get this special support discotheque. Yes. So maybe yeah. they can keep releasing specials, either ones that mm-hmm. have already been out and would like a dub, or also ones that have not seen the light of day. So, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. mine is fucking special. It's good. <laughs> they yeah. are the best Lupin releases you can, like, that are on the market just about period, I would say. Yeah. They put so much love and hard work into them. It is mm-hmm. evident. Aside from one major omission. Yeah, really. yeah. They need to be better about dub titles. They do. Hey, Discotech, if you're listening, hard of hearing people like anime, too. No, That's not don't. too much of an ass. <laughs> no, we don't, Chris. Come on. My, <laughs> my thing my thing to add is thank you so much, um, Brady Hartel and um, you know, the crew at Discotech. Thank you guys so much, especially because like I can always say as, as an old as an old Lupin fan, you know, two thousand five to two thousand and eleven was just like a desert. And to and and to finally have my favorite special dubbed, it means so much to me. And I just really hope that Releases that haven't gotten um, a Blu-ray or even have gotten a Blu-ray release but don't have a dub, can we please get those, you know, whenever possible? Like, I would love Operation Return to Treasure dubbed and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And even though as a girl from the Bay Area, I have gripes about um, <laughs> Alcatraz Connect. I, I, I'm still on my train here. I have gripes about Alcatraz <laughs> Connection, but I would love a Blu-ray and a dub of that. The end. Top, top fiver for me. Yeah, same. Not <laughs> uh, it is up there. <laughs> so, um, I have a hypothesis about this special. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's based on anything, but bring it. I've often wondered if this was originally supposed to be a live action movie. Maybe. I, I doubt it, but it feels like. You, know, you could probably adapt the script into live action with no issues, really. But some jokes would not translate very well from well, no, animation but... to live action. What if they did this instead of what they did in 2014? It would have been a lot I... better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would have been yeah. Way better. I wouldn't have fallen asleep while watching it. Agreed. It's not sleep. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be sleepy time to you. But again, I don't think a lot of the a lot of the cartoony jokes from this special will translate well to live action. Well, no, but. At the same time, there's like there's not really a whole lot of those, and and what if a lot of those were added after it became an animated feature? And also, I would say that that would depend on who is directing it because some people can handle that a little better than others. 
No, agreed. And, you know, Rie Kitamura, it's not that he was a terrible director at this. No. Because if you know, and no, no, no if you know anything about the production like. of 2014, um, it was just a, you know, it's just a fiasco and a shit show, um, especially with a lot of the choices that they wanted to do. But Kitamura really put his foot down, mm-hmm. i.e., about Goimon. Um, no, Kitamura was not terrible with it. It's just what, no. what, what he did the best with what he was given. He didn't mm-hmm. George Lucas it at all. No, no. If, if, if Kitamura had this script and producers that stood out of his way, I would have loved the 2014 movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I hope Kitamura gets another crack at it one day with mm-hmm. people just getting the fuck out of his way. <laughs> maybe like, a, maybe like a proper, like, even if they have to do a sequel to the 2014 film, mm-hmm. Just do it proper and and let Kitamura do Lupin justice. That's all I can say. But yeah, I mean, I was just thinking like, because again, like, you know, th- I feel like this would be an easy enough script to adapt in live action. Yeah. You know, and also like it's an origin story, which, you know, like that right there makes it a good choice for, you know, adapting into a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, theatrical movie. Mm-hmm. Although I realize now that because it's, it's an origin story, probably because it was the, uh, the year before was the... 30th anniversary of uh, part one, but yeah, I, I do know that this special was in conjunction with a anniversary for the franchise. So that's why it was written for the yearly special. But that's, that's what I mean. It's like, it, it probably wasn't supposed to be a live action movie, but it could have been. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't, but you know, it could. I can and see I feel it. Like, I, it could have worked as one. I can see it. Uh, let's see. Other thoughts I have here. I mentioned here that people probably ship Lupin with Galvez because of the opening. Um, <laughs> hey, I like Lupin's disguise in that opening. It was oh, pretty yeah. hot, but the um, the dub voice for it didn't sound as soft and sweet as it did in the Japanese, but I digress. This is, okay, this is Ellen Stern appreciation. <laughs> I, love, I love Ellen Stern, but... <laughs> I don't think it was a good choice, honestly, but I digress. She was especially great as a sheep in part four. <laughs> we, we asked her, by the way, we asked her when like Jay and I met her, I'm like, what was your favorite like part in like dub to dub part four? And she was like the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, one issue I do have with this special is with the animation a lot of times. Um, especially when it comes to, like vehicles, how they seem almost weightless and like not in a good way. Um, judging by that cabbie's outfit, he's a fan of the New York Tankies. <laughs> Best calling card ever. Oh hell yeah, that sequence rules, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And let's see, nice use of Lupin seventy eight, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show my age here in the fandom a little bit, but every time I see that shot of Lupin pointing his Walther at Fujiko and narrowing his eyes. I'm reminded of one of the uh, professors at the old Anime Academy site because he had, oh, that, yeah. he had that shot as his avatar. Yes. Oh, cool. I so remember like, that. Yeah, so it's like every time he was like post a review or something, and I would, I would see Lupin holding his wall or narrowing his eyes at Fujiko. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, think, I know where that's from. God, you just brought me back, Chris. <laughs> hey, I must bring it back even further. When Luke, or when Gene and Goemon are having that duel, and they're pointing their weapons at each other with the uh, sunrise behind them. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That was one of the uh, random header images on the uh, Lupin Encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. God, yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the site had a few different uh, images that it would like randomly cycle through. Yeah. And, I remember uh, when they used to do um, the April Fool's jokes um, yearly. Those were fun. 
yeah, I think that's all I got. I mean, like, really, the only issues I have with it are with are the animation. A lot of times, you know, it gets really it gets really stiff and cheap looking, but at the other times, it also looks gorgeous. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Mm-hmm. The animation wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Indeed, so it's kind of like going for it. I just love the animation for this. That's all I can say. Like, and and they use and they reused it, or at least used the same team for something like for for specials like Return the Treasure and. Angel Tactics, and I can't remember the other one they used it for, but I love I love this animation. They look they look gorgeous. The part that always sticks out in my mind is uh, when Galvez's men are attacking our uh, antiheroes with the flamethrowers, mm-hmm. and we get that we get that shot of like multiple Jigans just standing in place firing. It's it looks so bad. <laughs> that is not a choice in that scene. No, yeah. I agree. Well, I generally like how the special looks overall, but that is one of the moments where it's like, right? Huh. You know, I and I give these take their character designs a lot of shit for how they look later on, but I think they look great in this one. Mm-hmm. They feel very part two to me. But the cloning of the of the gang, even Maria was like, "Did did Lu- did Jigen and Guaymon just get cloned or something? What happened?" <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, I, uh, Satoshi uh, Hirayama's designs aren't my favorite i prefer his designs he did for tokyo crisis those look mm-hmm. incredible but yeah they look really good and like uh what was it they look really good in return of the treasure and angel tactics and here but like i mean this dude did return of pi cow operation return of the treasure stolen lupon angel tactics seven days rhapsody looseness of the fog sweet last night both coming crossovers the last job lupon family all-stars and like, um, one last thing I mentioned is this: this guy did a key animation on uh, two episodes of Part Six, also. So like, he's still working in the franchise, which is cool. He's he, he's both the he, I think he's done character design for a lot of other shows, but he's largely a key animator. So didn't he still work on the uh, on uh, is Lupin still burning, or am I mistaken? I don't think that was him. That was somebody else. Okay, all right, my bad. But. When all said and done, I think we'd all highly, highly recommend getting this release. The dub's incredible. Special's incredible. Like, if you have that old DVD, this is definitely worth an upgrade. This is a very nice upscale that Discotech did. Like, it, it's a digipaint anime, so, like, it, it can only look so good. But mm-hmm. this is the best This is the best it will look. And the songs are translated this time. Or at least one song is, which is really nice to have that on here. So, get it. Buy it. <laughs> if you're a fan of Lupin, you owe yourself a favor to buy this special. If you're not a fan of Lupin Third, why are you listening? <laughs> Go away. Um, buy the special. <laughs> if you're not a fan, buy it. <laughs> and so, to wrap us all up, uh, let's find out where we all are on the social medias. Natalie, where can we find you on the webs? On my Twitter, at Kathleen Helsing, C-A-P-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G. G, where I just repost a lot of stuff and uh, and the like. You can also follow me on the Instas at Captain C A P T A I N L I H E W L S I N G. I'm traveling again uh, this summer because I got nothing better to do now that um, I finished my first year of grad school. So yeah, follow my stories for some fun travel photos or just my regular meme ship posting of my adorable dogs. <laughs> Um, so, Emma, where can we find you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at E-M-M-A-W-O-L-F-E-227. Um, basically, I talk a lot about Lupin. I talk a lot about different series, uh, usually a classic anime, and also just a stream of whatever pops into my head or even stories from where I work. So, like quotes from where I work. So it's a good time uh, somewhat, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Instagram at E-M-W-O-L-F-E-227. I post a lot of my cosplays on there, um, especially uh, within the next week and a half. I will be going to a con and not working it, so I will be cosplaying. And it's at a water park, so I will be swimsuit cosplay in one. So look forward to that. Yeah! <laughs> Very exciting. Get it, girl! Yep, I've actually, I think I just finished all of my cosplays for that. So, um, looking forward to that. Um, it's at the Kalahari, so I'll probably get a lot of drinks. And that's <laughs> it. Um, Chris, where can we find you? All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Furball, D-R-F-U-R-B-A-L-L. Uh, you can find me most other places at Amazing Chris Godby. That's a G O D B E Y. I have my own site, AmazingChrisGodby.com. I also have two web comics, uh, WeirdInACan.com, which I hope to update uh, soon, and DrawOCoward.com. I just learned that Draw O Coward is a palindrome, and I it is. I just I feel I don't know why I feel enlightened now that I realize that. Um. Let's see, as for, as, since we're all talking about public events, I recently did one at my uh, local library. Uh, I gave a talk about how I make comics. But yeah, Amazing Chris Godby, it's, that's what I am on Instagram, Newgrounds, and probably a few other places I'm forgetting. But there's a little bit of me everywhere. Take that however you wish. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> all right, how about you, Drew? Where are you at? Well, you can find me on Twitter at DrewHunter15, that's D-R-E-W-H-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LupinPod, that's L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. You can find us on Instagram at the same at, and uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, scroll on down. Give us a five-star review if you're feeling like it. We greatly appreciate it. On that note, Lupontic folks, it is good to be back. It's good to be back at a far more relaxed pace. (laughs) I can finally have sleep now. You have sleep? (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't have sleep. (laughs) We are excited to get back to uh, our next episode is going to be hosted by the one, the only, the amazing Christopher Godby, where we'll be doing the Lupin the Third Starters Kit, where each of us will give five entries in the Lupin the Third franchise that we think is best for newcomers. And maybe I should get my list done before we do that episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then after that, thank God, finally, we are getting back to Lupin the Third, Part One, for a little bit, because Prison Prison of the Past is also releasing on Blu-ray in July, so we'll also be covering that. So, mm-hmm. and I finally watched it. Hey. Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, we streamed it. 
That was fun. So we've got we've got some exciting stuff coming up, and especially exciting considering we have a brand new co-host with us. And of course, we introduced Emma at the end of our at the end of our final Ladies Night episode, and we are extremely excited to have her as yeah. part of the team moving forward. It's going to be great. Yes. And also on the content notes, uh-huh. um, there might either be a what I like to call my in conversation with, or maybe a new. Um, Minisode coming up pretty yeah. soon. Depending on what gets recorded first and what Drew can edit first. So hey, we got good stuff coming, folks. We we got stuff, guys. Like we got a couple grams, and I ain't talking about these crackers. <laughs> 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 I love that joke. I'm sorry. I'm hoping we don't get like shut down. <laughs> just suddenly the FBI comes through my door please <laughs> oh lord and on that note Lupontic folks we'll see you soon good night Lupontic folks have a great day yes have a good night bye there it is <laughs>